Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Let us see what the future holds. I didn't have a special way to start the episode, so I'm going to do it this way. Welcome to What the Future Holds and to Chris Littlefield's birthday, bitches. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Ooh, a serenade. Should we do it like restaurants do and clap? No, 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 no restaurant birthday. No. No, thanks. So bad. Bring you a cupcake with a candle in it. I'll take that. Yeah. You know, I have half a pumpkin pie frozen that a friend of mine in LA, an actor friend of mine, sent me. I might just bust that out after this recording. Birthday pie. You should treat yourself. Treat myself. Treat yourself. Mm hmm. Yes. So, yeah, hi, guys. We're your Star Trek Discovery podcast here on Hollow Sweet Media, along with our birthday boy, Christopher yes. D. Littlefield. How are you today? I'm good. I'm 43 and feeling better than ever and loving nice. it. I'm good. I'm good. I've had a good day and a good month. Yeah. Yay. I love Sweet. hearing that. Yeah. And, of course, there's always my husband, Dave. Dave, how's your day going? Uh, shoveled slushy snow. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Yep. And I've been playing a lot of Cyberpunk 2077. Fun. So it's kind of fun to go away from that bleak universe where really awful people do really awful things to the Terran universe, which isn't quite as bad as the people in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> wow. Well, it probably is as bad, but not with this, Giorgio. Yep. Well, at least they have the decency just to kill you. Instead yeah. of torture you in the process. Well, that's um, what they have agonizers for. Oh, that's right. Agonizers, right. You know, they do torture. And but they Kelly don't record your memories and then sell it on the street to that junkies. That, that we like know that of. kind of experience. That we know yeah, of. That we know of. Oh, and I'm Brandy. Um, yeah, that's Brandy. Brandy. <laughs> She's and our captain. you are wearing the Christmassy ribbon hair thing today. I am. Well, I do, this, I do this all the time. I wore it last week. What are you talking oh, about? That's it's right. been a while. I wore it's it last been seven week. days. Basically, from the day to after Thanksgiving through Christmas Day, these ribbons go in my hair. Every, every day? day? Every day. Nice. Even when I'm at home. Do you make them? No, actually, this is the same two package ribbons that I put together. I've had these for, oh, Lord. It's been over 13 years because oh it was God. before we moved into this house. They have held up really well. They have. Yeah. They still have and a curl. Yeah. I have had to recurl a few from time to time. And I just recently thought, oh, what happens when these finally do die? But I put them away, you know, at the end of the season. So it, they stay fresh, <laughs> I guess is the word. You put them in plastic? Yeah, I started looking at uh, Amazon going, can I find these curly ribbon bows again? I can. They're not as cool as these, though. 
Yeah. Not as cool as these. They're okay, but not like these. So I basically sewed them to a barrette, and I put the barrette in my hair, and there we go. I'm a package just waiting to be unwrapped. Yeah, you are. Nice package. <laughs> <laughs> doing, Speaking of Cyberpunk 2077. Hair. I don't know what that is. <laughs> he has a tiny package. I'm what? It's, it used yep. to be, it was a tabletop role-playing game that Dave played back in the day, and now they've turned it into a video game, which came out uh, last week. Oh, okay. And so. in the character creation, you can choose your genitals, and there's <laughs> nudity features. So every time you go into, like, change your clothes, it's like somebody slipping into your DMs with a dick pic. Yep. It's what? like, this video game sexually assaulting me. Do they? I, I was enjoying it, frankly. Yeah. Are there like, like harassing me? Actions? The things happen? It flops, <laughs> and you can cha- you can select the size of it. And I'm confident enough in my own sexuality to choose the smaller of the options. But... <laughs> oh my god! This what is happening? It's Video 2020, games. which is weird because the original tabletop role playing game was Cyberpunk 2020. Wow! They they so. planned that. They did. Yeah. They did. People say, oh, it was, it was in development forever and ever. Yeah, because they wanted it to come out in 2020. That's why. Duh. Were there genitals in the original? Oh, you could, in the tabletop role-playing game, you could get a cybernetic sexual enhancement. So basically, like a penis enlargement thing that you could make erect at will. <laughs> And Isn't that what penises do anyway? I mean, well, well no, <laughs> not, not always it will, will. necessarily, <laughs> but yeah, it would increase your seduction score. It'd give it like a plus two or whatever. Seduc- I need to increase my seduction score. Seduction <laughs> score. It is flatlining right now. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of hard. Have no seduction score. I'm like a negative number on seduction these days. Oh, you're, so. you're seductive. You got the voice. I'm not. I'm not seductive. I'm really not. Yep. It's like. Killy without the menace. Mm. But Killy is so much fun with, with the, the menace. menace. I know a lot of people have found out that they're very sexually aroused to Captain Killy. Really? <laughs> that well, they've discovered their sexuality with Captain Killy. It's like, ooh, that little bit of menace with that little bit of sweetness with the hairstyle and the confidence. Yeah. yeah she's, like uh, when, when Giorgio says that she has to interrogate Burnham. And she just has this smile like she's opening a present. And she's like, uh-huh. I have to have full reign. It's like, <laughs> it's do your just... best or your worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love Killy. Yep. And I love Tilly. Tilly's my yep. homegirl. I like mm-hmm. that Mary Wiseman, like, so when we were introduced to Killy only secondhand in season one, we were just kind of imagining just this mean badass, but she, but she's put a lot more layers onto that character. Oh yeah, you know mm-hmm. she made her a lot more nuanced in many different ways than than I had expected. That I kind of started talking about that last week, but this week really uh, expanded upon that idea for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not just a mean kill. She's just not just a mean Tilly. You know. Yep. No, she's devious and sadistic. And sweet as pie. Loyal. Oh, she's doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very entertaining. Mary Wiseman's a genius. Yeah. I've said it yeah. before. I'll say it again. She's genius. She didn't go oh. to Juilliard for nothing. Folks. Yeah. She, she is. I mean, like Danielle Brooks, who is a who's in Orange is the New Black and 
an amazing actor. I, I worked at Juilliard for a little short while when I first moved to New York and, and she's just, you can tell that train where that training comes from. It's just good, solid work, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yep. Yes, indeed. Love it. Well, you know, I'm not going to go through this episode in a linear way whatsoever because there are just, that's just boring. So let's just talk about things. Okay. Things and stuff. Whatever, wherever you want to st- start. We, we've we already started with, with Killy. So, you know, I think, I think probably let's just get the elephant in the room out of the way and just, you know, say, I was right. You were right. You were totally <laughs> right. right. I and many others. There are many yes. other people who said Guardian of Forever as well. So I'm not saying I was the only person who was right because I obviously was not. These smarties. It just, you know, it's interesting because I feel like Carl is a nod to the original story that they adapted for Star Trek by, oh, what's his name? Harlan Ellison? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that he is, because in that story, there were actual guardians of the gateways. They were sort of really tall humanoids, but they couldn't do that with the budget. And so they just did what they did in that episode. So I liked seeing the guardian manifest as a humanoid. And I feel like that was a nice, subtle nod to that original story. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but I liked it. That's cool. I loved the voice. I know. When he when he says, I am the guardian of forever, and I just, I lost my shit. Man. I did too. I, really did. I did too. I was like, what? Even though like it had been talked about when it actually happened, the reveal, I was like, what? Yeah, and I was like, yeah! <laughs> and I was being, crying. I was crying too. Being not the biggest fan of the original series, I did see City on the Edge of forever like ages ago like forever cities ago um i wasn't that familiar with him and so the big dramatic announcement with the voice and everything it's like well he could have said i'm ted the doorman and it would have been about the same for me because it was not that recognition Mm. for somebody who was not that familiar with the original series it's still a cool moment and i like the voice and i love the sound design Mm. for the the gateway itself yeah yeah it goes it was beautiful sound i loved the door exploding and then reforming as the gateway that we know and love that was Mm -hmm. cool it was so pretty it was so pretty and i love carl i felt so bad for him because of all the horrible people trying to use him to kill people in the temporal wars i know but i like that That he was a part of it Yeah, well, obviously he would have to be. I mean, he's a freaking time gate. But <laughs> it's just, it just made me so sad that, because, you know, he had no choice at that point but to go into hiding so that people couldn't use him to kill. Do you think that it's the same Guardian yeah. from that story? Yeah. Oh, they used and, the voice from yeah. the original series. Right. That's why it was so crazy when he suddenly is echoey. It's like he literally is moving his mouth and lip syncing to the original right. sound. And you can hear about a little bit about this new actor's voice in there too. There's like yeah. layers. Also, do you think yep. they took Carl from Carl Sagan? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. He had to think about it when he was coming up with a name. Yeah. 
but I don't know if that's a reference. Only the writers will And know. it could just be, eh, let's call him Carl. <laughs> it could yeah. mean nothing. Because yeah. no one's Star Trek and how they take names of actual scientists and astrophysicists and astronauts and biochemists and that sort of thing that having that be Carl just seems like, yeah, who's the most famous Carl when it comes to space? <laughs> Carl Sagan. Yeah. It'd be Carl maybe Sagan, so. they named, maybe they're big Walking Dead fans, whoever made that oh, decision, yeah. and they named him after Carl. Carl. I don't know. I don't know. I know they're both Doctor Who fans. Uh, so that's why he was given off that Doctor Who vibe. Mm. That was that was purpose, purposeful. Ah, Purpo- yes. purposeful. You know, my only purposeful. disappointment in the Guardian of Forever was that at the end when Georgia walks through, we didn't see the old effect. Remember when they walked through before? In was... slow-mo and fog. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see that same kind of effect, but they... I mean, it was it's horrible 1960s, you know, mm. you know. But I, I I wanted to see if they were going to do something with that, but they didn't. I'm glad that they didn't, because that would have just looked hokey. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 3180 something. So let's let's do it nice. Guardians let's do it nice. Guardians held up well. Yeah, he he's probably had some upgrades over the year. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how Guardians of Forever work. So no one does, Brandy. No one does. I know. I would I know, suspect the they're immortal. They're oh, I'm sure they're immortal. I'm sure they're immortal. But I want to know how they started. I want to know if there's... It seems to me like there would be more than one. Maybe they existed from the Big Bang. Or maybe even before. Could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. Because forever is a very long time. It is. It is a Just very think long of the longest time possible and add to it. <laughs> and keep adding to over it. And over and, and keep over adding. and over again. And don't stop. For more. eternity. In both directions, neither beginning nor ending. In, well, you're making a large assumption that there are only two directions. And it's oh, yeah. clearly there There are many more than two directions. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially in space. Multiple planes of existence. There are many selves, as he tells us. Yeah. There are forever and- directions. Mm-hmm. So that's I I found that very interesting because there were so many people that were just like oh it can't be a guardian of forever because that just shows us our history. Um, you're making a pretty big assumption that that's all it can do just because that's all you saw it do in yeah. one episode in the '60s. Just because your tiny mind can't comprehend what a guardian <laughs> of forever could do, doesn't mean you don't make the rules in your little limited brain. Okay. <laughs> Oh, and you know yeah, who I'm talking to? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really actually talking to anybody. I I saw this meme today from uh my captain. I'll explain that. I haven't explained that to you yet, Chris. I'm sorry. Your captain, your captain. My captain, my captain. Uh, that was uh, how many Star Trek fans does it take to put in a light bulb? And it says uh, only one, and then the rest argue about whether it fits into canon or not. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed with the opinions lately. <laughs> yeah. And and it's not really because, you know, I do open channel, so we we I read people's opinions all the time and that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But like it's like the little random Twitter things that are not related to that. Like I love my listeners so much and 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 I love having a conversation with them, but like so many people tweet things out and they're just like it's like they think that just because they have an opinion, it makes them more entitled. 
who, mm-hmm. you know, we talked a little bit about this offline, but I'm just like, you have an opinion and that's totally valid and that's okay. But that doesn't make it more important or more special than anyone else. It doesn't give you any entitlement to have an opinion. It doesn't make you more right or more of a fan than anybody else. Nope. Doesn't make you smarter. Doesn't make you better. Doesn't make you know anything more than anyone else. It's it's like just your opinion, man. Straight white <laughs> men. I'm looking at you, mostly. It's <laughs> a side effect of living in a democracy in which, since everybody's vote equals the same, except for superdelegates, but that's something else. Um, well, except that, when they're trying to erase the votes, then yeah. Or to erase yeah. the votes. But if your vote is the same as somebody else's, maybe your opinion is the same as somebody else's. And so no. you can have the most misinformed person give the worst opinion ever, and that's supposed to be held with the same validity as your experts yeah it's and alternative that's just facts. not the way it should work <laughs> well see that's the thing a fact is a provable thing right mm-hmm. that's all there is to it that's the fact of facts a fact is a provable thing an established thing that is provable through testing mm-hmm. and opinions are not facts and i have said this many many times yes. and yet we still have so many people that feel like their opinion is a fact. <laughs> no, it's never going to be a fact. The only fact to that is that your opinion is your opinion. That's factual because it's your opinion. But your opinion itself is not a fact. Right. No, it's not something that can be proved or disproved. And you know yeah. what they say, opinions are like assholes and everybody's got one. Yeah. Sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. And opinions are assigned values. It's like you take your value and you assign it to whatever interests you. It, it's good or bad. Mm. It doesn't really mean anything else other than that. Either you liked it or you didn't or it was somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, it's okay to not like something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's okay to love something. And... It's just frustrating when the people who don't like things try to yuck my yum. Yep. I really, really get tired of that because you can't really do it back to them. They already have a bad (laughs) opinion, so there's not really yucking a yuck. Speaking of, I just kind of fell into this rabbit hole of people talking about the whole Snyder cut of, what is it, the Justice League? Yep. Movie? And mm-hmm. how uh, Snyder's just eliminating whatever Joss Whedon did and doing his own thing and making it grim dark and oh, wow. Batman says fuck in it and it's like four hours long and people just going nuts for it and just loving it. And it, forever they've been wanting, oh, the Snyder Cut is going to be released. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the best thing ever. But that's if you like what he does with the DC Universe. I liked what Joss Whedon did. Yeah. Yeah, I well, think the, I don't know. It's been a problem, while. Justically, justically, That's when we met everybody, right? Yeah, well, that's when they uh, decided to introduce three characters that they had not introduced at all. That they kind of slipped into an email right. in Superman versus Batman, or mm-hmm. whatever the hell that thing was with called. the logos of the actual right. superheroes before they had logos. So it's like, wait, this was on Lex Luthor's server. So does that mean he created their logos? What the hell? It was the, it was, was Cyborg that? and Wonder Woman, and the Flash, and, and the Aquaman. Flash and Aquaman, right? 
Does mm-hmm. that mean all the DC superheroes are infringing copyright from what Lex Luthor's <laughs> logo designs They owe him were? a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He wins in the mm-hmm. end. Damn it. Damn it, you yeah. and your copyrights. That's how the businessman well, always wins. Yes, <laughs> often represented these days as a businessman. So, Yeah, um, yeah not in these films. Oof. I, know, I, I worked with the guy, John Glover, who played uh, Luther, the dad in Smallville. Oh, oh I was just Lionel. like, what are you talking about? He was not in the movies. <laughs> Lionel Luther. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He did a couple... Nice. He's he's like a regular performer for Broadway backwards, so he's he's so sweet, so lovely. Nice. Yeah. Uh long story short is they spent like thirty five million dollars to put out the Snyder cut and I'm just like, whatever, what? I'm never gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they spent thirty five million dollars finishing these unfinished scenes or filming new scenes or whatever and uh yeah. Something yeah. like that. Hmm. I know it was a lot of millions. I, Thirty-five million sounds right, but I could be wrong. With the actual actors, I don't think so. No, we, that's weird. I think most of what they did was just from stuff on the cutting room floor, and taking stuff that was unfinished and digitally finishing it. So it was a vanity project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like it. That's always. It's exactly fun. what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, with very few restrictions, which doesn't bode well. Well, there's no restrictions on vanity. No. <laughs> no. And seeing how I have never liked a single thing that Zack Snyder has done, there's no reason for me to sit through four hours sure. of that. <laughs> if it's really four hours, it's probably more like three and a half. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we digress. We do. <laughs> I basically do took the steering wheel and did a U-turn. <laughs> Are y'all still yes, listening, but... Suzanne? Mm-hmm. Everybody, Suzanne, you there sorry. still? But yeah. anyhow, opinions. Yeah, opinions. opinions. And see, I have an opinion about Zack Snyder. Not everybody has the same yeah. opinion. No. But what I see when I look at his work is all frosting and no cake, huh. just just fluff. Oh, I without like Without any that. substance underneath. I'm gonna so. use that. You go for it. You take that because it was not mine originally. I borrowed it from somebody else who borrowed it from somebody else and on and on. Let's just pass it around. I like it. I know people that are all frosting and no cake. Oh, yeah. So do I. Yeah. So (laughs) do I. I want the whole damn cake. I I know. If if I'm going to give up something, it's going to be the frosting. If I had to choose between frosting or cake, it's going to be the cake. Sometimes I scrape some of the frosting off. Sometimes there's too much frosting. Yeah, like those, a lot of times those big store-bought cakes, like yep. the big cheat cakes, exactly. too much frosting. And it's not good too frosting much. anyway. It's not good. It's yeah. not good. So even, so Zack Snyder is not good frosting <laughs> and no cake whatsoever. Oh, why even bother? <laughs> Grocery store sheet cake frosting. <laughs> Just the frosting. <laughs> Just the frosting. <laughs> so sorry so sorry to anyone who enjoys Zack Snyder yes I'm sorry I don't agree with that sure I have no idea so my opinion doesn't matter because I don't even know anything about it I'm just yeah. having fun yeah that's fine well you know we have HBO Max now so we could watch it but why would I 
We got it free because we upgraded Dave's phone and we had to upgrade to a more expensive plan. But they're like, but hey, we're going to give you HBO Max for free. So there's that oh, to yeah. kind of offset the cost. And considering it was something that I was going to have anyway, because they're basically just putting all their eggs in that HBO Max uh, basket, which guys, mm -hmm. if you're going to do that, you need to really fix your interface. Fix it. Oh, it come on. It is terrible. Yeah. I mean, like I don't CBS know. CBS All Access? Exactly. <laughs> They've gotten better. CBS yeah. All Access is better. Apple it's TV. Better. I'm like, I have I have a free Apple TV thing for a little while, and I'm, I'm not, I don't love it. I also don't really love the Disney Plus interface quite yet. I don't like it either. Yeah. It's, I, I can't get back to what I was just watching before very easily. Right. Star Wars, Clone Wars. So. Yeah. That's very annoying. I, I It took me forever just to figure out how to find my watch list yeah in disney plus mm -hmm. and i just feel like you could make this so much easier that's why i love amazon prime you know exactly where everything is everything it's like here's the home page here's my stuff that i've bought and that i've added to my watch lists here's the stuff that's i can get for free uh here's the stuff that is rent or buy you know it's all just really easily laid out and you don't have to wander around going where the hell is my watch list i have had issues with amazon prime's interface maybe i don't use it frequently enough to have figured it all out mm. i've really only watched it to watch the boys and mazel and mr robot it does depend on which device it's on okay the interface is better on some devices than it is on others. Okay. I have noticed that. I'll have to switch back to my Roku and see if it's better on that. Yeah, I like it on the Roku. Okay. That's that's worked for me. And, of course, we also have a Fire Stick. I have both plugged oh. into my TV right now. <laughs> I have a Google yes. Home and a Roku plugged in because I just cut the cable mm. cord. Nice. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Me too. I'm excited. I'm moving, so I want to get, you know, start over with stuff. Yeah, I, I need you to move so I can send you presents. <laughs> Ooh, I need Prezies. to move so you can send me presents. Prezies. Yes, exactly. So that I, because I can't chance sending them to your current place in case they don't get there in time. Yeah. And so. Two yeah. weeks. Just signed the lease two, two days ago. Fantastic. I yeah. love it. I'm so excited. Are we supposed to talk about a Star Trek episode or something? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. God, so. How about Michael being all locked away? And what about the makeup oh. with the passage of time? Mm -hmm. They made Even her making look tortured. Her look ashen and gray because you know not moisturizing, <laughs> not and eating. The lips are getting chapped, and the eyes Being are sunken in, and the hair is a mess. Did you like the parallels between that and the opening of the series with her sitting in the brig? Yeah, there there was some of that, but it was it was different. You know, prisoner Michael wasn't nearly, I mean, she was, she felt defeated, but she hadn't been tortured. Right. She, she had been tortured by herself. Right. Yeah. But it's not like anyone else was putting her in an agonizer. <laughs> so. There was just no redemption for her. No. no. And I knew it. I knew it. I, when she finally decided she was ready to talk, I'm like, this is a trick. And yeah. Giorgio was smart enough to know that yeah. as well. I figured. How weird was it when Detmer 
just asked to see her and was just out and out talking when they could be overheard about how they couldn't contact Lorca and that Michael should just give in. Well, Michael had already admitted that she was in cahoots with Lorca. That's not a surprise to anyone. Right. Right. So, but Detmer just being in the open saying, yes, I'm a co-conspirator as well. Yeah. Seemed like an odd choice. Yeah. It was a little weird. Well, I think that she was hanging her future on Michael's. That's what I think. Is that she was desperate to not go down? Yeah, with she's like, we're still so, cool, right? We're still good. Yeah, so she had to get Michael out of that situation and back into the fold, so that she herself could be back into the fold. And that's not how it worked out. Did Sorry, Caleb. Not, yeah, yeah, did not go well. Mm-hmm. That was a nice little turn, though. Yeah, I I was waiting for it. So yeah, just like the betrayal. How? I mean, Kayla's obviously a conspirator. Mm-hmm. so when she comes in with all the badges i thought yeah but now she's gonna have to kill detmer yeah i knew that was coming and yeah. that some of those badges weren't from people she actually killed she just took their badge because it was a setup well there were some that she did kill like she killed yep. uh, a landry yeah Thank landry you. can never get a break in any universe or any version of reality <laughs> i know well in in the prime timeline it was her own damn fault that she got killed yeah you know she antagonized a creature that she knew nothing about and she deserved what she got yep right so she was careless and headstrong and impulsive and that's what if got her killed you look at the other mirror universe landry that it seemed like she might have had a thing with Lorca. maybe she was a rival a romantic rival to michael i think she Hmm. was just horny for him it's hard to say because you know there are non-canon things that are the bisexual otherwise yeah but i don't know because she Mm -hmm. had like in star trek online i know it's not canon guys she has a partner and they're getting married in the prime timeline. So I think that Rekha Sharma has said that she's by she plays her bisexual now. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but I thought she meant she acknowledged that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of, at the end of the episode, did you notice Nielsen being with Reno? No. And they're yeah. kind of sitting together. I just didn't think anything of that except and that it seemed like they were, they were chatting sitting together stuff. yeah well of course they're sitting I know, I, together i picked up a little bit of something extra there oh okay. i didn't yeah i didn't, that <laughs> that didn't maybe they've been seeing each other because it's like why else would those two be together unless they're together because they're all in the same room and yeah. there's limited space oh they're also <laughs> the two new people in some respect yeah but my question is where was linus <laughs> yeah, Lion- yeah Linus. Linus should have been there for the mm-hmm. for the like obituary oh, for the wit. yeah the eulogies maybe he it was too hard for him I yeah. know that's what I was thinking maybe he was just so broken hearted that he just couldn't he just couldn't yeah. oh I hope they show him dealing with it that'd be yeah. cool that would be adorable <laughs> I did like halfway he's talking about you know her barbs and her honesty and being a mm. badass and Michael's just like, yeah, she was a pain in the ass. Like, she's like almost a sister, <laughs> almost a mother or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have a friend. Yeah, I thought that was really handled well. Not afraid of anything. 
they mm. didn't really sugarcoat and try to make anything up about mm. her. Oh. They didn't try to act like she wasn't exactly who she was, which I yeah. really appreciated. Yep. And I loved the moment when Michael said, the feelings I have for you are yours. Like she distinguishes both of the Georgios. She distinguishes them and their her relationship with each of them. And that, I thought that really honored the original Giorgio very well. Yeah. There was so much crying through that scene for me. And this time I knew it was coming, so I'm like waving to Dave to give me a tissue <laughs> so I would be ready. Yep, the farewell scene. I yeah. didn't cry the first watch. I, I'll have to see if I cry the second watch. I definitely did. Um, it's It started when Carl just comes up to her and takes her hands and says, when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And just kind of disappears into the gateway. And that I'm just like, nice. oh, this is really happening, you guys. <sighs> it was really hard. It was hard to let her go. I wasn't ready. <laughs> it's going to be weird without her and, mm -hmm. and continuing this story. It's also weird that she's going back in time. No, it's not. And with the sphere data and with discovery and everything, it's like, how much is she going to change the history from when she goes back? Is she going to change it at all? Well, she's... Honestly, it doesn't matter at this point because, if anything, she's creating a new timeline for herself. Right. Well, but it doesn't. Yeah. It she has to go back in time because right. if she doesn't go back in time to when the prime universe and the mirror universe are closer together, she will die. Her any other place, will she will die. Fall apart. Huh, so I wonder if she could prevent the burn in whatever new timeline she goes to. I don't know. We may never know. She's gonna mm. go. She needs to go and. Find Tyler. We know that, right? Right. Well, that's the thing. We don't know exactly where she's gone, do we, in time? No. Because mm -mm. supposedly there's going to be a new series featuring Chargeau, and I guess it's going to be the showrunners of that show did this. These Erica Lippold and... Two episodes. This two-parter. Young Kim. Mm. Yeah. The ladies. The women! The women! The women. William Kim is great. Mm. I'm yes. excited. I mean, remember several episodes ago, we were, I think it was after the jump, we were like, well, we've got to figure out how to get Giorgio back. So this is, this is how they did it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is people were saying, oh, she's going to use discovery. I never thought that. I never thought no. that it was going to be discovery because I never that would that. involve time travel and that is now outlawed. So, yeah, but a guardian yeah. of forever. And I think that's why, there, I mean, there are several reasons, I think, as to why Michael did not expound upon what actually happened on Danis 5. Yeah, Saru got the hint really easily. He did. He <laughs> got the hint that she couldn't talk about it. He got the hint that Giorgio was gone, but not dead. But technically now she is dead because she's gone. Right. And never coming back. So... She needs to. So. She need. She has to be dead, for mm -hmm. for their. For their yeah. knowledge, and yeah. she would be anyway if she went back in time. Yeah, because she would have lived out her life and been dead, right. So she she actually is dead to them. Yeah, because yeah. she would yeah. have died at some point. Yep. 
Mm. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, wibbly wobbly. Yep, Timey wimey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just one big sort of ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. I like that oh, yeah. the showrunners, the writers, the producers, everybody's like, eh, we're going to outlaw time. Tra- we're not going to touch the temporal temporal wars, really. We're not. Well, let's stay away from that for now. <laughs> That's a lot. That pulls on a lot of strings that could be very, very messy. Continuity wise. You know? And I think I think that it's best that they stay away from those. I don't. I do, too. I don't need to have Discovery go there. Another series might could that'd be there. cool. Yeah, but... it's kind of its own self-contained thing, so that we don't yeah. screw everything up. But they could <laughs> screw little things up along the way and then fix it somehow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. It's the temporal wars. Anything you screw up, you can fix. Right. <laughs> because temporal wars. As long as you get to the end product that we have now, yeah. that's all that matters. I'm How reminded you get of there, Year of Hell. You can go, yeah. You can go mm-hmm. down so many different rabbit holes during the Temporal Wars. Right. I don't know. It could be like that Treehouse of Terror Simpsons episode where oh, uh, yeah. Homer goes back in time. The dinosaurs? And he keeps screwing up. He kills the bug. Up worse and worse yeah. and worse. I love that and one. Eventually, like, it's raining donuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they well, are that's... donuts or something, right? Mm. <laughs> That's that whole Twilight Zone story about going back in time and stepping on a butterfly and the yeah. future is now different. Yeah. yeah, Ray Bradbury, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he wrote that. And then at I the end, don't they sure. have like long lizard tongues and they're eating flies or something? And oh, he's yeah. like, and eh, the Simpsons close episode, enough. yep. <laughs> the yeah, in, in the original story, the, the language has changed. Mm-hmm. Like he can't recognize letters anymore. Oh, and I think that's the the main difference. Is this yeah. an old school Twilight Zone? Yeah, uh, it's not. I don't think it was ever a Twilight Zone episode. I think it was just the short story. Oh, you're them. you're probably right. But I feel yeah. like I feel like it was an episode. Maybe I'm just really good at visualizing. I don't know, yeah. but it just it felt. Yeah. Well, I know Bradbury and Serling did not get along that well because I guess Bradbury was very um, litigious. <laughs> Bradbury was, from a lot of accounts, I think a difficult man. (laughs) Yeah, and he kept um, accusing Serling of plagiarism. Plagiarism. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Not something that Rod Serling would ever do, and that offends me deeply. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. Because really, Rod Serling's one of the first ever TV writers to be known you know yeah. to have a known face and a known name and known voice you don't really hear about tv writers getting that very often yeah well he was very <laughs> except maybe like the show of shows when you have uh what mel brooks and mm. carl mel reiner brooks, yeah 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 alan funt <laughs> i don't know oh those are some <laughs> names wow mm-hmm. right that brings back some memories right <laughs> yeah. yeah ed mcmahon uh, dick clark oh, ed. speaking of time travel and mm. alternate timelines and that sort of thing is when did the terran universe become the terran universe was it from the beginnings of humanity uh yes at, well no okay 
if you go by what happened in Enterprise, yeah, yeah, which yeah. it was on screen, so it was canon, it happened on First Contact Day. Yeah. Okay. Where instead of embracing the Vulcans and welcoming them, they slaughtered them. Yeah. You don't think that was something that was already innate in humanity to draw draw that conclusion? Like something that would happen previously? Because I know as Philippa refers to Genghis Khan, and she pronounces it the right. Right. Yes, I love she does. that. And of that course, she would pronounce it correctly. He allowed the people he conquered to worship their own gods, which is also something the Holy Roman Empire kind of did in a weird kind of way. It's like, okay, you can keep your holidays, you just have to change it so it fits in Jesus kind of thing. (laughs) And that's how you can conquer new lands. That's how they converted all the pagans to Christianity. That's why... uh, Like, oh, you've got Yule? Well, guess what? Now it's Christmas. Right. Yeah, Christmas is very pagan in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty but, much all respects. Yeah. yeah. The the pine tree in your house. Yeah, like 90% of the symbolism. Is yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny how they don't all teach the poisonous you that. plants. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that everything could go one of many ways. Mm-hmm. And in this particular future, instead of humanity working together to get out into the universe and find other species or whatever, um, they work together to become basically isolationists. They become xenophobic. Right. So I don't think that that is necessarily the thing that's going to happen every time because... There are plenty of instances in which people will just end up working together because they have to mm-hmm, and right. realize, oh, this is way better than all the shit we were doing before. So let's keep on with this. <laughs> Seeing as how there's so few of us left, this is how mm-hmm. we're going to stay alive. And then you have the one instance in which the Terran uni- universe happens. The Terran Empire is created because right. the humans hate anything that's not human and just go out and start <laughs> Killing everything. Well, there's weird things like Kovich talking about, you know, just the Terran nature of things that it's like they're biologically suited to be more aggressive. And also Lorca with his eye issues. All of them. That's something indicative of the Terran. Yeah, they all have the increased, the different eye sensitivity. Yeah, that it seems like something more genetic than it is. Something functional? Yeah, but you're talking about something that has evolved over the course of centuries. Right. Not something that happened yesterday. Hmm. Well, it's like with Jurassic Park with uh, Malcolm talking about chaos theory and, you know, how he does the drop of water on his hand that rolls Mm -hmm. down one side. Such a sexy scene. That the further back you go, the more iterations you get, the more chances of changes well, of course. you get. So if you draw Terrence being that aggressive, it can change whatever happens later on. It just becomes, it spirals out of control. It's a whole thing about like fractal shapes is that you have this pattern and once it shifts, it, it keeps manipulate or multiplying that change it's like a series of choices right that all yeah. kind of it, yeah. it's like a domino effect it's the whole going back to you know butterfly wings starting a hurricane it's going back to like stepping on a butterfly and all the things that would 
come from that. The butterfly. That the effect. further back you go with the first Terran. Yeah, but the I more think different I think the timeline not, would be. I not I don't know that you're thinking about how quantum this all is. Because every single decision every single person makes creates another timeline. Right. right. And every decision that someone doesn't make. Yes. There's so many permutations that it would be very unlikely to have more than one Terran mirror universe. There can right. be other iterations of it, but all of those are the direct result of a bunch, like millions upon millions <laughs> right. upon millions of choices up to that point. And that doesn't mean that that started all this long time ago. It could be that up to this certain point, everything was the same as the prime universe and then suddenly someone makes a decision or doesn't make a decision that changes everything and that that one takes a hard left mm -hmm. that's an interesting point because every time the prime universe interferes with the mirror universe is a new timeline mhm mm yeah this is why i think that what giorgio experienced was real i think she actually went mm into not the same mirror universe that she was in before well maybe it was but then it created another universe you know right so well, that mirror universe ceased to become the mirror universe that is in alignment with the history of our crew of the discovery right now yeah i i don't think that it was really um the mirror universe Right. Because yeah, her either. body was still there. Her body yeah. was still there. And she'd been That's unconscious right. for less than a minute in yeah, their she time. Yeah. Experienced a simulation of sorts. I don't think it. I'm just saying it could <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I think because, you know, in that particular micro universe, let's call it a micro universe, you know, made just for Giorgio to weigh her soul, basically. Yes. Right. Uh, maybe. In some pocket dimension, that still exists because Carl does say, you know, you saved a Kelpian and that Kelpian will save other Kelpians. So mm -hmm. it's possible that that still continues in some way, kind of like Moriarty in a cube in a power supply so that he thinks he's out in the world, but he's actually still on the deck. Yeah. Oh, this brings up an interesting point, is if each interference with the time, I guess, space continuum starts a new timeline, how bad are the temporal wars? Because technically they're not changing anything because that timeline would have continued. Right? Well, if for with the each decision. Well, that's the thing, though, is that you've got a bunch of people mucking about in a bunch of different timelines. Mm -hmm. and at different that times creates, yeah that just <laughs> creates chaos that but could, each time they do it it's just a new timeline yeah but that also could destroy so many realities and really if fuck you with start your head. mucking about and messing with all these different timelines eventually those timelines are going to start collapsing because uh, i wonder if this is what the next doctor strange movie is going to be like yeah well there's this I don't know. Well, see, at, like at some point, you just have to stop thinking about it because it's not. Our brains can't conceive. No. <laughs> and that's only if you follow, which Star Trek does, the quantum realities perspective of alternate timelines mm -hmm. and multiple universes. Not everybody follows that theory. 
Right. Well, yeah, quantum right. physics is a thing. <laughs> it is a thing, but it's still theoretical as I, to I realize alternate that. universes. I realize that, but yeah. the chances are very high because Schrodinger's cat, for instance, mm-hmm. mm. until you observe it, it's not real. Until you observe it, it's both alive and dead. Yeah. Once you observe it, that's what cements it into reality. <laughs> yes, right. So, so if you look at it as an objective universe with an obje- objective perspective, either the cat is dead or alive the whole time. Yeah, but they're both. You have to yeah look at the probability <laughs> field through the eyes of an observer mm. that is unaware of whether the cat is alive or dead. Then, yeah, that shifts and it becomes this... Uh, superposition i guess you call it where it's both alive and dead at the same time yeah because you haven't proven you haven't looked at it so you haven't proven whether it's alive or dead so yeah yeah. and so it's like a relative universe compared to an objective one yeah and that's the thing is that there's so much we don't know right like what happens in our own universe we know maybe four percent of what yeah, goes we barely on. know what dark matter is yeah we just know it's there we know it's and there what it does yeah don't know no idea how it yeah. started beats me you no. know all of these things that we just can't comprehend yet because we're not yeah. advanced enough yeah we are still fighting amongst ourselves about you know whether everyone's equal we're not even remotely prepared to answer those harder questions because we're not we're too busy doing stupid things to ask those questions and actually ponder them and get to the point where we can understand yeah our how consciousness we fit in. our consciousness yes. is a very very small percentage like we're like maybe five percent conscious as mm-hmm. individuals and collectively well if you consider that you're yeah, a collective of uh, colonies of cells. Then where does our sense of self come from? Mm-hmm. If we're just a bunch of individual life forms forming together this mass, I mean, where does our identity, our personal individual identity come from? And really, each of us has our own reality, too. Like, we're yep. my real, my world, this world is completely different than yours, Dave. Like, you know, it's we have yeah. our own realities. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, memory is very selective. And somebody who experienced the very same thing you did will have a totally different account when going back and talking about it because we like to make ourselves the hero of our own stories. And so we'll edit out things that are unpleasant. Yeah, our memories will look change. At it a like we can, we can remember things completely incorrectly and swear to God it's real. Even our vision is just, it's like taking multiple photo- photographs and creating a film out of it. Yeah. We don't have this continuous, like, video playback. It It's just these little photo images that we keep taking, and that and we just remember the things around us without looking which at them. Which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, which doesn't exist, because right now I don't know what's behind me, except I can see in the Zoom thing. But, you know, off to the right of me, I don't know what's there. I feel like Brandy's been wanting to talk for a long time. I'm just trying to say this is why courts do not rely on eyewitnesses. They are unreliable. Mm. And that's why eyewitnesses don't really hold as much weight in court as people think they do from dramas on television. <laughs> yep, and sworn affidavits. 
Yeah. <laughs> they like, shouldn't it, call it eyewitness news then. <laughs> I know, mm. right? Because it's honestly, it's just a bunch of people having opinions is what it is. Remembering shit the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the thing. We We are not advanced enough as we are right now to truly understand alternate universes and the immensity of our own reality, much less other realities. But man, don't right. some people think they are. I know, right? <laughs> they really man, think oh, they know. Man, oh, they really man. They're so forward. We no. think we're so it's important. You ain't pretty funny shit. how <laughs> confident folks can be. Yeah. There's yeah. there's still so much stupid bias in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's racism, sexism, homophobia, transgender phobia, all of these things that still exist in this year. We're we think we're so advanced and we're not. We are so Backwards, and it makes me think of this episode of um, oh hell, the Orville. Oh, oh which one? Um, I I can't remember if it was season one or season two. I think it was season two, and um, it was a planet. It was like the I call it the Brigadoon planet. Because oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And they they had gotten to the point, you know, they were there observing them only for you know a set number of hours, and centuries and millennia were passing on this planet, yeah. which is why they sent Isaac down there because he was an artificial life form and he wouldn't you know age and die. And they got to this point where they had left behind all of those constructs. They left behind religion. You know, they realized that it it did nothing to serve people other than to divide them and you know it's just interesting that when they became advanced and truly conscious enough to go out into the universe they kind of left all those trappings behind that we think are so important right now right it's kind of like the voyager episode is it blink of an eye mm-hmm. yes to, yeah i think it was kind of a shout to that episode but, oh, I definitely think that. Yeah. But it was it was just very interesting. It was definitely making a commentary that I appreciated. Oh yeah, so. I I thought that was a really well done episode, the Orville episode. Yes, indeed, I do think that as well. I remember when Bender had a colony of things living on his ass <laughs> in Futurama. He started worse, yeah, Futurama. <laughs> There's also what Lisa Simpson go back to the Simpsons with uh, the sea monkeys. Oh yeah, or was that Bart that did that? You're like old school Simpsons. I love it. I lost track oh, yeah, after a little school. while. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Simpsons has been on forever. Yeah, yep. like the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. it started when we moved to Belgium in '89, uh, when I was going into the sixth grade, and it was just starting. You know, it was on Tracy Ullman just before that, which is when I, because I love the Tracy Ullman show. I love Tracy Ullman, period. Tracy Ullman's a genius. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Tracy yeah. Ullman, it's Tracy Ullman and then Catherine Tate. I'm like, y'all are goddesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good sketch comedy actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. There's a Star Trek episode in here somewhere, but... <laughs> there is. I, I'm, I'm sure well, I'm having fun, about though. physics and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The good Star Trek makes you think about all of these things that lead to yeah. different conversations. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Um, I will touch on a few things that really moved me during this episode. Uh, like when um, 
Michael and Giorgio were, say, were saying goodbye. And Giorgio was talking about Saru and how he had uh, navigated Discovery admirably in this time frame. And the affection and serenity on her face was just like, made me tear up. <laughs> it was yeah. just really nice to see her freeing herself of all of that baggage that and all of that front that she thought she had to put up. I really enjoyed that moment a lot. And I really enjoyed that, you know, she talks about at, at the end of the first part, when she talks about how there are enemies within and enemies without, it reminded me of the war within the war without. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed Giorgio's journey so much, especially getting into the second episode because we were literally watching her. She's not only, she's at war with herself and we're watching her transform. We're watching mm -hmm. her become something new. And hate on going back to the mirror universe, sort of, or not, you know, hate on not focusing on the burn for a couple of episodes or not. This was really good character stuff. And it was so good. And, um, I just, I, at the end of this episode, once we got back to Vance, I was like, oh, we're back to Vance. And I was kind, I kind of, I, I enjoy that part of the story a lot. And I'm very excited to see what happens the rest of the season and see what gets screwed up at the end. And, um, <laughs> but I think this was a really nice sidestep for me. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. I was about to ask if, if it's too distracting from the core plot, which is all about figuring out what the burn is, to have this two-parter about another character. But George well, is the wild card. Like, yeah. she's the wild card in all of this. We got, you know, there's so many unanswered things with her, and we got a lot of resolution. We did. And the thing that I like about discovery is instead of the character serving the plot these two episodes were the plot serving the character oh my god that's brilliant mm. and i love that because that's the way it should be the the character comes first so yeah this this was two episodes of plot serving Giorgio. And I loved it. And i'm not big on the mirror universe as right. i have stated but these two episodes brilliant in my opinion and once again it seems to because of the delay fall in about the right time in that George I was talking about how there's a different way to lead mm. that you don't have to lead through intimidation and fear that you can I mean she's fighting the rules for that. of engagement she's yeah. fighting for that and she's fighting a losing battle the whole time and how Michael says there's no spoils in peace. Yeah. She's fighting some a war that she cannot possibly win in that environment. And she's fighting for it. This this Giorgio, mm -hmm. this murderous, deceitful, you know, self serving person. Because she saw a different way. And she saw happiness. She's never been happy. And she was never happier than when she was in the prime universe. Right. And how there's so many insurrections, so many uprisings mm -hmm. during their 
leadership because they're leading through intimidation and fear. And people resist that. And you've just looked through the past few years here in the United States, the amount of protests there have been time and time again from an administration that rules through intimidation and fear. I didn't even make the connection because I was so stuck on we're in the mirror universe. I didn't even make the connection these last two weeks about the symmetry there, but that makes total sense. It's uncanny. This entire season is so uncanny in that way. Just wow. And also falling around Christmas doesn't hurt either being a, it's a wonderful life. uh, Yeah. Or Christmas Carol kind of episode. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's weird. And and even the snow, the snowy planet just kind of adds to that kind of Christmas flavor. The fireflies feel very, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was very very touching. I think it was yep. because she she's again she's fighting this losing battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how she said she was sad when the night terrors ended, and then she just kind of tilts her head and says, "Oh, perhaps they never did." Hmm. Right, that's an interesting thought. Mm. Mm. <sighs> they just went just, deeper. Yeah. There's so many layers. It's like an onion. And it's a bit depressing, too, because it is like arguing with somebody who that's their only perspective Mm -hmm. is that there's only one way to rule, and that's through use of power. Iron fist. Yeah, the iron fist or death. And there's so many other ways to rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. But would Giorgio have ever gotten to that point had she not gone to the Prime Universe? No, she would and have been. Hatched, yeah. She would have been killed and usurped. Yeah, and she was about to the die. The Terran Empire would have gone on to be what it was, and eventually it would, as Kovitch said, die out because that kind of rule is not sustainable. Right. Nope. So, and you see that you see, fascism needs an enemy to thrive. They promise peace. They promise once all the enemies are destroyed, there's going to be this thousand year of peace, but it never comes. No matter how many totalitarian governments have been in existence, they've never achieved the peace they promise because it's impossible. They need an enemy to thrive. And when they put down the enemy or the enemy's too strong to defeat, they attack themselves. You see it all the time. You see it with the Proud Boys. Mm Mm-hmm how they turned against their leadership and fractioned off to yeah. be more, even more white supremacists than they were yeah. before. Uh, Republicans, a certain group of Republicans against the Republican establishment and some people mm-hmm. in the establishment, you know, it's like the infighting is, 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 is crazy. Well, you had that MAGA rally where they were shouting out, destroy the GOP. Mm-hmm. And the GOP is very largely responsible for MAGA even being a thing. Right. But they've turned against them because they're not loyal enough. Right. Yeah, loyalty, this kind of rabid loyalty never ends well. No, and if you keep making sacrifices, if you keep sacrificing your principles, even in little teeny tiny choices, one Mm -hmm. by one, that adds up into an avalanche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Just to retain power. Yeah. It's so weird because, honestly, there's only one law or rule that we all need and everything would be fine, and that's don't be a dick. 
<laughs> That's all you it's need a good to do. One. Don't yep. be a dick. That solves literally everything. There's yeah. no more yeah. war. There's no more selfishness. There's no more fascism. There's no more racism. There's no more sexism. There's no more bias against any minority of any kind. It's just... Yeah. We would have controlled the COVID by now. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. people would have actually worn masks and distanced themselves when they should have. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And almost 300,000 people wouldn't be dead. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Maybe some of them would have died anyway from one thing or another, but most of them would not be dead. Yeah. Right. I firmly believe that. Yeah, that's the thing about comorbidity is a lot of people mistake that. It's like, well, they died of this or they died of that or they were old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were old. They might have had some kind of pre-existing condition, but COVID's a contributing factor yeah. and it accelerates the death. It is the reason you Yeah, die. it's like when, when somebody develops full-blown AIDS or something and they die of pneumonia. Exactly. You know, or a heart attack, it's like, oh, well, mm -hmm. they didn't die. No, they died because this virus, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. It's like, um, this is the way I look at it. If you want to get straight down to it, every person dies from heart failure and s cessation of brain activity. Right. That doesn't mean that that is the only cause of death. There are many things that cause those things to happen along the way. Mm -hmm. So saying that, oh, well, they died of pneumonia, but they're contributing it to COVID-19. Of course they are, because if that person hadn't gotten COVID-19, they probably would have survived the pneumonia. The right. pneumonia probably would have been a lot easier to treat and would have responded to more conventional treatments. It's like saying somebody who dies from emphysema. They no, they didn't die because they smoked too much. They died because they got emphysema. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or another comparison I've heard is that you've died from blood loss, not the gunshot. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But the blood, but the gunshot contributed to the blood loss. To the blood loss, made the exactly. blood loss possible. Just a little so. bit. Yeah. So. So there you go. Yeah, people who just don't understand com comorbidity. Mm. This is fascinating. We have deep conversations over here at What yeah, the Future Holds. Which and we're still kind of silly sometimes. Still. Well, you know, the, the the initials of What the Future Holds also doubles as what the fucking hell, yeah. which is a yeah, lot of what I say these days, you know, yeah. for the last <laughs> four years, really, but especially oh, yeah, this really. year. I like to say what the fuck, honey, even though I, I don't call anybody honey, but I like that because <laughs> it's like it adds a little soft touch at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, honey? <laughs> Yeah. Like Speaking of what the fuck, when the title sequence happened, oh yes, I paused it. I was like, "Wait, this is blue and dark," and then I was like, "Okay, it's upside down and flipped." And so I texted Brandy, and I was like, "What the fuck is up with these this title sequence?" And then I paused it, and I'm like talking to myself out loud. I'm like, "What is going on with this show?" <laughs> out loud. <laughs> I kind of wish they would have changed the theme for this episode because they've done that with before. Enterprise. They've added like a military march to it. That's what yeah, the first well. thing that I thought of. But I figured since they didn't do that, that was more of a hint of we're not really where you think we are. Right. Yeah. Well, and honestly, the I think the only time that that ever really happened where like the opening credits and theme were changed was wasn't that Enterprise. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it would have gone over well had they stolen that. No. Mm. And you know what? Also, they were having fun. Yes, they like. were having fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a way, they'd be stealing from themselves. Yeah, but no other series had done that. And so First Discovery mm. to suddenly fixate on that and copy that. Yeah. Right. And that I, itself I, was a little yeah. bit like that was a little bit questionable, too, even though I love those Enterprise episodes. That was a little bit questionable, too, because it actually didn't take place with our crew mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there was no link. That that was the no problem link. that I had with those Mirror Universe episodes is there was no link to the prime timeline at all. I mean, yeah, they were talking about these files from the, the Reliant, Reliant whatever, and not Reliant. Um, Defiant. Defiant, thank you. <laughs> I d- we both like, did I'm, it I'm like, I'm at the same dead. time. Brain dead. So, yeah. The Reluctant. But other... That'll be my ship. <laughs> <laughs> the defiant reliance so, yeah there was just there was just no tie no crossover or anything and then, so it was for me it was just kind of like well i get that they're all really good at doing these evil characters but why are these episodes here and then the like the him imagining the real archer like that was a little odd you yeah know? it was just there were just i mean it was it was a, a a sort of fun diversion but it was fun overall i'm just like why are you wasting two episodes on this in season four because you they know? knew that they were <laughs> they were falling off a cliff they were getting pushed off a cliff did they though i don't know because production you... happens so much <laughs> earlier hmm. so i feel um, like they may not have known at the time they were filming that stuff well the last the episode time... they knew that's for sure. Well, of course they knew in the last episode, but the last episode doesn't exist, so we're not going to talk about <laughs> Do you think in the future people might think of this two-parter in the same way, that it wasn't necessary, or do you think it does serve the plot? It serves the character, and this character has yeah. been present since season one. But it's also a departure of the character, so what does that mean for Discovery from here on? That means we'll be missing Giorgio in every episode right. from this point on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it, it, there's, and I've said this about another episode, but it, it takes me back again to If Memory Serves. Mm-hmm. Agree. I feel like I'm going to watch that again really soon because yeah. I just want to. And because it's beautiful. So, <laughs> do we have any other thoughts, folks? Or any other tangents we want to wander into? Wander into. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about Vance calling out Saru for not coming to him earlier, oh. just like I said mm. that he picked up on that Saru was not revealing information he possibly should have. I I honestly feel like if he had gone to Vance, Vance would have said, "Why are you bothering me with this now? You have nothing concrete." So I think it's one of those things where no matter what Saru did, Vance would have been unhappy because either it wasn't enough information or why did you hold back information? So I personally saw nothing wrong with what Saru did because they had nothing at that point. They had part of a message and that was it. They don't know how the message ended. They couldn't maintain a connection to the ship to get any information from logs or readings or anything else. So really all they had was that part of a message. And for me, I, you know, I wouldn't have gone to Vance with that either. 
<laughs> I just think it's a little suspicious that it's a Kelpian captain withholding information about a Kelpian that might have been involved in the burn. Yes, yeah, I don't see it as withholding. Hmm, I do. I don't. I, it would be withholding if Vance said if Vance had contacted them and said any updates, and they said no. It's not right. withholding if they are waiting for more information and haven't told him anything mm. about anything yet. There's I can actually see both sides of it. Yeah. I don't think he did anything wrong, but that's my opinion. I do want to <laughs> see, like, Saru be more of a boss bitch. Yeah, I think he's, um, I. it's kind of weird to use this term, but kind of a bootlicker when it comes to Starfleet of the future. That I think he needs to be his own person in a lot of respects. And maybe I'm talking about both sides of my mouth of withholding information from Vance and being, you know, very uh, domesticized, I guess. I don't know. There's a better term from, for that, but being adherent to this new Starfleet's rules. And even when he talks about poker, that's something we haven't talked about his book. We'll get to that. Yeah. But I'm talking about how book needs to be patient and wait for the right time to prove himself. It's like, uh, sometimes you just have to, do the Michael thing? Yeah, no, that's do the not the right thing. That's the thing. That's yeah. not going to work again. That's not going to work yeah. again. Michael already burned that into a dead end. Yeah. So it just feels very much that uh, Discovery is on a leash now, and there's things they could do that they can't. Yeah, well, because they... they're under Vance's administration. Well, that's the thing, though. They are still part of Starfleet, and normally, yeah. normally. If they were out there and Starfleet was the huge, ed, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, conglomerate of planet or Federation was the huge conglomerate of planets that it had been, they would have a lot less oversight. They'd be sent on their right. missions and, you know, they would do their thing. I feel like Saru is hedging his bets right now. I think he's mm. being diplomatic because it's the right thing to do and he's feeling things out. But when it comes right down to it, if he has to make a decision, he's going to make that decision, whatever it may be. I don't think that he is going to suddenly become meek and complying. <laughs> if, if something is happening that is wrong, if somebody in Starfleet, if Vance is doing something that is wrong, Saru ain't going to have it. And neither will the rest yeah. of the crew. I'm not convinced that Starfleet is a good thing. Yet. Mm-hmm. I'm, what I feel, this is my opinion, and I think I've said this before, is that they've had some dark times and some dark days and have made right. bad decisions. I feel like, though, they're on a better path now. Mm-hmm. And that for the sake of everyone's well-being, they're going to try and stick to that for now. But. There could be an other shoe waiting to drop. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. There might be a reckoning of sorts. And, you know, honestly, chickens coming home to roost could be something that was set in motion well before Discovery got there. Right. And it's something that they're trying to, that Starfleet's now trying to back away from now that things are looking a little bit better. Yeah, you just think as beaten down as Starfleet has been over the last hundred and whatever years since the burn you'd expect to see a little bit more humility and i'm not getting a whole lot of that from starfleet 
especially when Discovery first shows up. They're very isolationist and very suspicious. And I guess I understand that, but there's also this this confidence, particularly to Vance. Yeah, I was going to say, that's really coming from Vance. Like yeah. 99% of that is coming from Vance. Well, there's that security officer I liked a mm-hmm. lot, too, that now I that's can't remember Willa. her name. And she, Willa, she warmed yeah. up to Discovery on that right. first mission that she went on with them. Mm-hmm. So and it's, I like that. I wish we saw more of her. Yeah, it's really just more Vance. Yeah. Heavy is heavy is the what is it? He- heavy is the, the head crown? that wears the crown. Right, right. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Right. Yeah. Then maybe he can't show weakness. That could maybe be it. it's like a parallel to Jojo in the mirror universe that you can't show vulnerability, you can't show weakness when you're in a position of power and strength. But he told Saru, you know, go and do it. You know, learn mm-hmm. from my, I, I, I made mistakes, blah, 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 blah. He had that moment with Saru. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got that there, you know, he's got some humility. Yeah. He, he was very open about having made a lot of bad calls. Yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's an enigma still. He's an enigma. Yeah. But uh, I still love him because it's Oded there. Oh, yes. I love the actor a great deal, and I like this performance, and I like that we're not sure. Yeah, this, there's this ambiguity, and he's yeah. playing it so well. Yeah, he's playing it real subtle. Yeah. So how about Book actually reading the, uh, the field manual. manual? And the technical manual. And the technical <laughs> manual, because he it was interesting. He wanted to see where it was going. Yep. That's really that's really really fun and how excited yeah. that he was and you know that he's read all of the manuals because you know Reno's in there with her licorice and you know <laughs> uh, Adira says the food's not allowed in here and Reno says this isn't food it's candy it's yeah. like an accessory it might as well be an accessory yeah and then when book comes in and he's being the excited puppy and then he just looks at her he says food's not allowed in here <laughs> just because he knows the regulations. Yeah, he knows the regulations. No food in the uh, uh, in the sport drive. That's just so. Although cute. Tilly did have gum, you know. Mm. To be fair, that's that's neither candy nor, nor food. Food. That's it's this. Yeah, what thing, is gum? It's a thing unto itself. Yeah. It's yeah. gum is gum. Gum was an accident. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I believe it. I remember the. Um, Little House on the Prairie episode when gum was first introduced. Of course you do. People were like, what's this? I need to try this stuff out. I did a history report on the history of gum. We ah. we had to do a, I don't know, every six weeks, a history report on something of our choosing. It was at my freshman year in high school. And one time I did the history of gum. And one time I did the history of Star Trek. Of course you oh, did. Nice. Of course I'm sure did. it's somewhere in my parents' house, but I did. And then I, I like, I remember I got a note at that report because I was talking about after the original series that there were spinoffs like The Next Generation, Voyager, and Deep Space Nine. At that point, I think Voyager had come out at that point. Yeah. No, maybe I don't know. And the 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 teacher was like, I don't know if I would call those spinoffs. And I'm like, aren't well, I mean, the e- hmm, I don't know. They reference each other. 
therefore spinoffs. Certainly DS9 is a spinoff of TNG because TNG introduced us. Those characters introduced us to DS9. They were right. Mm -hmm. And or Voyager anyway was at DS9 mm -hmm. in their first episode, right? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I just yeah. got that note and I was like, how dare you? How dare you, sir? Yes, you obviously don't know anything about Star Trek. So. And maybe I'm tech I was technically wrong, but I don't think I don't know. Well, they are spinoffs. They are spinoffs. Just because they're the ones that yeah. people remember more doesn't make them any less spinoffs. For instance, all the NCIS shows are spinoffs of JAG, which nobody talks about or remembers. Mm. But that's how you've got I remember that. But you wouldn't say that Discovery's not a spinoff. Discovery uh, is. It's just in a different time period. Yeah. I I wouldn't say it's a spinoff because what is it coming off from? Yeah. It's a prequel. Can you call a but prequel a spinoff? This is my issue with calling know. something a prequel. It takes us out of the present moment that we're in. So like, right. I don't, a prequel to what? We're comparing it to something else. Where, I don't like know? calling yeah, I don't like calling it a prequel. It's just a story being told in a different part of the Trek timeline. Right. The first three the Star Wars episodes are prequel films. Yeah. Right? I guess it could be a spin-off because it can it continues in a way the story of one of the main characters from another franchise or series. In other words, Spock. And Pike. Well, not for a while. Yeah. And number three. And number one, I guess technically. Three characters. What other character? No, that was Pike Amanda, number one, Spock. Right. Amanda okay. and Sarek. Well, Sarek was in. Sarek and Amanda, I think, were in season one, right? <laughs> or is it just Sarek? Yeah. Yeah, both. Television is so incestuous. <laughs> I mean, you go back to <laughs> what Happy Days that spun off Laverna Shirley and Mork and Mindy. The Golden Palace was spun off from Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. uh, the big one is, oh my God, St. Elsewhere with the autistic kid in the snow globe where everything took place in. Because of all the overlapping television shows, like about half of actual television exists in the mind of an autistic child. Mm. Because of all the shows that overlapped with St. Elsewhere, that overlapped with other oh. shows, that overlapped with other shows. there's a, I think there's a whole Wikipedia page devoted to this theory of all these shows that were related to St. Elsewhere. And because St. Elsewhere, you know, supposedly with the finale, you know, all this was taking place in, in this kid's head. That all, like half of television just exists in this kid's head. Nice. That's weird. Yeah. Well, it's like with the with the Trek series from Next Generation through Enterprise, they all overlapped. So right. it, Next Generation overlapped with Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine overlapped with Voyager. Voyager overlapped with Enterprise as far as at times they were airing. So there were mm -hmm. always from Next Generation, like what was it, season six when Deep Space Nine started? From that point on, there were always a couple of years of overlap. I thought we had series. a year or two off from Voyager and Enterprise. Mm -mm. Well, you also have the same characters. You have O'Brien, and later on you have Worf. Or did we go right into and... Enterprise after Voyager? No, we went into Voyager. Uh, we went into Enterprise uh, when Voyager was in year seven. Really? Because I don't Enterprise remember it started that way. in. 
didn't okay let's let's look it up because i thought it was like the next year or something i really don't think so but let me look it up yeah so voyager started in 1995 okay right ran for seven years that makes it 2002 enterprise started in 2001 oh therefore they overlapped a lot of enterprise followed after 9-11 and its storytelling was very much affected by the events of 9-11. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. why season three was what it was, because 9-11 yeah. uh, affected things. And the thing is, is that they couldn't directly go into that right. because they had those right. seasons right. sort of planned out already. Also too soon. Mm-hmm. Too yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Give it a couple of years to let things kind of settle in your mind yeah. and then... You know, the writers could address mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, so Book. Book, yeah. <laughs> Book is adorable. I love that he came up with the solution to the problem of maintaining mm-hmm. a connection. Because the whole reason Reno was there was because uh, they kept draining power from non-essential systems to try and boost this connection. And they couldn't maintain it. And uh, Reno got pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Which was like super close to another drive system. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. She's super pissed off because they haven't she hasn't been on <laughs> she hasn't been around. Yeah. Like, I yeah. I love that Stamets flat out says, "I haven't seen you since the beginning of time." Yeah. <laughs> Just flat out Before calling it out. Before anybody gets like mad at the production you know, crew <laughs> for not having Reno on, they film around her schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. So anytime she appears, she appears only because she can. Yep. Right? So if you don't see her, it's not the What fault. a luxurious nope position to be in you know that's what happens when you're friends with alex kurtzman man yeah and he writes a part for you let us know when you're available we'll write you in we'll make it amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's... We'll find a way to fit you into the story somewhere we love it we love it yep. we love reno but yeah vance getting after them too for using uh emerald chain technology and saru doesn't back down from that yeah no, he he doesn't back down from that. He's like, nope, he did it to help, and he didn't apologize either. <laughs> and book even suggesting, hey, maybe I shouldn't follow Starfleet protocol because if you're going after the Emerald Chain, you need somebody who can do things you can't because mm-hmm. they're not going by Starfleet protocol. So you need somebody on your team that you know the same way. Yeah, someone that can fight dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say that these episodes for Giorgio, you know how everybody was talking about tapestry last week? Mm. And yes, I get the tapestry parallel, obviously, but it's also kind of like Giorgio's own inner light also. Yes, very much like inner light because Mm -hmm. it was in her head and yet she was also there somehow. So again, the whole thing about wibbly wobbly timey wimey and how time is not a constant right and how we observe time is actually kind of ridiculous <laughs> and it also mm. was an experience that changed her mm. that she learned and grew from you know much like yeah. john luke well that was the interesting thing is that she was suddenly back there and then she realized i have a chance to do it better to do it right I don't have to make these same decisions. And she even says in her goodbye to Michael, I wish I'd learned these lessons yeah. sooner. So 
I like that it didn't feel like the way that the way and this is this is the writing is obviously credited for this, but really Michelle Yeoh for approaching this character's journey in these two episodes, knowing what we know about her, Hmm. approaching these two episodes in a way that felt very natural and not forced. Yes. By the time we get to where she is at the end of them. Like it just felt like again, she did her she did some good work with that because that that is hard to do with a character like that. It is. It's kind of like going back to your high school reunion and finding out that you've changed, but your old friend group hasn't. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never gone to any of my reunions, yeah. and I'm never going to. I went to one. It's like you guys are still stuck in the same weird opinions of each other and just same attitudes and same limited scopes. And I've grown past that. What has happened to you? Like she's matured and they haven't. So it's kind of fun to show that, yes, she's she's learned something from the prime universe. I thought it was weird that the Guardian said mirror universe and prime universe. That was terms that they knew. That was, he could have explained it in a variety of ways that they wouldn't have understood. So he, he dumbed it down for them. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the multiverses is the universe in which we are, where there's writers of a show called Star Trek. <laughs> right. And that's where he got that information. It's like the DS9 yep. episode. It's like that episode of Stargate. Well, it's <laughs> or a guy's writing Stargate. <laughs> it's not like they haven't referenced the mirror universe before, right. because mm-hmm. they have. Like when Pike is leaving for the right. final time, but and... that was the first time. Yeah, but that wasn't the last time. So no. Discovery it's... did that. Yeah, and I mean it's been referenced in titles of episodes for us, mm-hmm. of course, like Mirror Mirror, but. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so it was, and, and Giorgio also says to Saru before she goes down to Damas 5, you know, in my, you know, in my universe, we are prime and you are the mirror. As it should be. As it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it so. to me, those moments feel a little bit like breaking, breaking the fourth wall, but, yeah. but, but I also can... I also can headcanon it, like you said, Brandy, to where it, you know, it, it's also a way that people in their own universe would explain it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's probably, because when Giorgio is saying that to Pike, and she says, from your mirror universe. She, so yeah. that that is obviously something that she has found out through section 31 mm-hmm. is that it's we call it the mirror universe right so i'm just saying hmm. it's not so out of out yeah. of the realm of possibility but it, but it is something that has not been done on screen before discovery no. so it no you know i have to i had to think about that a little bit yeah. yeah it is odd when some character in a show uses the fans terminology for right. things there was the scene between Adira and Stamets early on where they told Stamets that he was the bomb. Mm. And that's, I mean, even today, that's kind of outmoded. 
And if you think in a thousand years from, like, Discovery's era, that kind of language would be way off. So why? It's retro. It's 1,200 years retro. So everything old (laughs) is new again. It's like using Chaucer language today. Honey, you know <laughs> that these things repeat themselves like groovy. in cycles. Yeah, exactly. Groovy I was going to say that exactly. Yeah. yeah, Groovy came back. It's just like everything that was really popular in the 50s suddenly reappeared in the 80s. Everything that was really popular in the 80s kind of reappeared again in the 2010s. And therefore, it seems to go in like these 30-year cycles that we are aware of right now. Yeah. So it is not right. that hard to think that a person carrying a bunch of different hosts within them would have access to those old terms. And maybe Adira is is a history buff on pop culture right. references and stuff, and they just like to, you know, maybe it's part of their personality and what they're into. Okay. That host thing threw me off because that would mean that some Trill had experience of somebody from the 90s, a human from the 90s? Not necessarily. Maybe? Or just be into the history of the Or 90s. one of the hosts was around when that made a popular resurgence. And mm-hmm. so that's part of them. Right. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's just an odd bit of phrasing for a script. And it's weird that it made it to the shoot and it made it to the final edit. So it seemed like everybody was okay with it. Never bothered me. Never I, thought about it. It, it occurred to it me. Jarred. Yeah. It occurred to me that that was unusual to use, but it, yeah. but I, it didn't bother me. Yeah. yeah, it didn't even blink on my radar. It didn't even register, huh? Nope. Yeah, I thought it was odd at the at the moment. Now, if they start saying like Coolio or something, if that came, you know, <laughs> if they start doing woo 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 woo, oh I'm my out god, of there. Arsenio Hall thing. Yeah, no, the Everything dog pound Arsenio Hall show. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, if they reference Arsenio Hall on Star Trek Discovery, <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> or throwing pencils to glass breaking. <laughs> It's like just do every classic kind of 90s Dave. Reference you can think of. It's just not. It's just not. Uma, Oprah, Oprah, Uma. Oh well. That was not funny. Oh, oh. It was not funny then. Oh and well. It's not funny now. Yeah. No. <laughs> I I actually was never a Letterman fan. I wasn't. I either. loved oh. watching Letterman. I lived for watching Letterman every night in high school. I just wasn't into talk shows then. Just wasn't my thing. Yeah, I thought he was, comedy was mean-spirited, and I thought he was a terrible interviewer. Pre, <laughs> pre-mobile pre phone, I would yeah. talk on the phone with my friend. We would watch the opening monologue and the top ten list on the phone together with right. the corded phone from the kitchen with the long cord. Oh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was like a pig's tail, just yeah. all mm-hmm. coiled. 43, y'all. I'm 43. So I could stretch it out. Dave, when we were dating, I, we still had that phone in the kitchen with the long cord. Yep. <laughs> well, it was before we were seriously dating, but we were talking on the phone for like two hours. Back when it was still long distance from Centerville to Ogden. <laughs> when I went to college, I had a touch button phone, and that's how I'd register for classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did oh, the yeah. same thing. Right, right. I hated that system. And we had our Mm -hmm. answering machines with tapes, little mini micro cassettes in them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, wow. If you're rich enough to have an answering machine. Mm-hmm. If somebody had an answering machine, that man. Really? That's not true. My day. That's not true. Oh, I didn't have a, I didn't have an answering machine. Well, we did, and we were not rich. We no, were true. fine. So your, <laughs> your parents are technophiles. So. Yeah, that's Maybe true. Maybe your parents are Luddites. <laughs> true, true. It's, it, how long did it take your mom to get a smartphone, Dave? <laughs> yeah, and she still barely uses it. My mom, Facebook Messenger is texting from my mom. She'll say text me, and she means DM her on Facebook, Facebook. Messenger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, listeners, there's a Star Trek episode discussed somewhere in all that. Some, somewhere in this yep. hour in between and the, 40 uh, minutes that we think Well, divergent paths we've taken. Well, it was very quantum episode yes. in which we kept making new decisions and starting different timelines and then going back to the prime universe to talk about the actual episode. Yes, I had that is fun. what we did. I did too. Yeah. As, yeah. Then see, that's the thing. We can do what we want. It's our show. So we didn't even get to talk about uh, covert turning and being part of the insurrection. <laughs> and getting thrown up to the ceiling by Saru. Yeah. Saru <laughs> bitch slapped him. <laughs> I know. I loved when the Kelpians came in. That was cool. That yeah, I that was, was waiting fun. for that actually. I was waiting for holding that. their blaster rifles like Star Trek. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird way to hold a gun right around your stomach. What yes, they well, they're not really super yeah. uh, uh they're super new to yeah, holding not, guns. Yeah. <laughs> they're not militaristic at all, but I always thought that was weird, like when stormtroopers would bust into a place and they're holding their guns like gangsters. Well, that's because they can't see anything through the fucking helmets, so how could they take aim? That's why it's they like can't hit anything. What are you doing? It doesn't it doesn't matter unless they have like scanners in their helmets, which I'm pretty sure that they don't because when Luke and Han dressed up as stormtroopers to go find <laughs> Princess Leia. Luke says, I can't see a thing in this helmet. Yeah. So obviously they don't have scanners. So what the hell would holding it up to their shoulder do if they can't aim? <laughs> and I've always said Obi-Wan Kenobi is a liar because he says only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Yes. Like baloney. These blast cones. Yeah. But he was right with lie. the sand lie, people lie, always. Lie, lie, lie. Lie. The sand people always. Walking single file. Shush. The sand people always <laughs> ride single file to hide their numbers. Right. I was trying to do the line right, and you kept, you kept. Oh, that's right. Interrupted me. You don't follow the Finifter's law that you don't have to make movie quotes precise. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. That's yes, why. Do. Please, not, please stop saying, "Luke, I am your father." Please, everybody. Mm-hmm. That's he says, too late. No, it's too late for that. I am your father. That's exactly what he says. Yeah. No, I am your father. It's too late. And to then mix it's that. no. That's not true. That's impossible. Oh, God. Search your feelings. That you is... know it to be true. No! That is not Luke's best moment. <laughs> no. And what about them adding him screaming as he jumps off into the little I hate that. gap there in I hate Cloud City? He didn't scream in the original edition. No, I don't remember. I, I, and that showed his I determination. Do. To sacrifice yep. himself rather than he, turn to the dark he side. He was actually kind of at peace when he let go and just let himself fall. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that's much better mm-hmm. than screaming yeah. as he falls. The screaming I don't know why they terrible. added that. Stupid. That's George Lucas. Anyway, yeah. so we digress well. once again. No. Oh, boy. See, we're not just Star Trek. We're Star Wars, too. Yeah. So, all right. 
birthday boy, where can people find you yeah. on places? Who me? Little yeah, me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. And you can follow Open Channel at Open Channel Trek. And there are four questions, which I will eventually start making new episodes for at Four Questions Trek. And that's the number not spelled out. Dave. 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 I'm on Twitter as Dark Corner Cast. I am a host with Brandy of the Dark Corner Podcast, and speaking of Cyberpunk 2077, I'm about to release a 20-song Cyberpunk music special because I'm somewhat disappointed in the offerings, even though it's 127 songs, apparently, of Cyberpunk 2077. I'm not too keen on their music choices. I think they could have done a better job, so I made a 20-song playlist of my own to kind of show what I mean. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook as DJ Evil Dave. Excellent. Brandy. Thank you. I'm going to do some ASMR now for all the folks at home. Yes, I got the tingles. Excellent. So you can find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy's with an I and 12 is a number. You can find me also on All Sweet Media doing the Vedic Assembly with my friends Liam and Nick and Boldly Go with my friend Suzanne about Deep Space Nine and Strange New Worlds respectively. You can also find me on live shows on Saturdays. One of them is on Twitch on the Outpost 13 channel and that's Infinite Trek. We're having Jesse Jenter this most recent episode which will be out by the time this episode is out as well if you didn't watch it live you can hear it as a podcast on the trek geeks network and then also at 7 p.m on saturdays on the youtube channel Caretz productions which is dan gunther's youtube channel you can find me on the unready room we're talking about star trek discovery on both those live shows and then someday we'll talk about other things when Discovery's over. But for right now, it's disco all the way. Disco, disco, disco. Someday I will also make a new episode of Ed Cannon, which you can also find at darkcornerpodcast.com. And those are all the places that you can find me. I really hated what just happened right now. It made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> it made my head it's making my skin uh, Disco's crawl. a great ASMR no, word. made your skin crawl. It makes my skin crawl. It just, that's the idea. Did you get the head tingles? Everything tingled. <laughs> yeah, you got ASMR. It's awful. Yeah, no, it's great. Love it. <laughs> um, okay, well, <laughs> no. I can do it in a normal voice and you can edit it out. No, it's great. Um, uh, how much is like noise reduction and truncate silence going to take out of that? <laughs> well, I've never gotten truncate silence to work right, so no, I just don't use it. Yeah. No. Anyway, you don't have a lot of background noise anyway. It's all good. It's all good. So yeah, thank you. It's all good. Thanks everyone for sticking with us during yes, this you. quantum episode of What the Future Holds. And mm -hmm. join us next time when we talk about episode 11. Oh my God. And uh, I already said What the Future Holds, so I can't tell you to come back and see What the Future Holds, although I just did. So yeah, just do that and we'll see you next week. <laughs> just imagine the version of this where she does. Yep. And quantum realities okay thanks everyone <laughs> <laughs> what the future holds <laughs>
This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs. Loading Sweet Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I did kind of like the idea that he had the armory to work in. That was like his main, mm-hmm. his main workspace, I guess. I found that quite different and that excited me. I think they kind of moved away from that a little bit as the show went on. Yeah, as we went on. It definitely appeared more in the first season i think and maybe the second then it did the later ones did you ever become attached to malcolm as a character i wouldn't necessarily say attached but i always i enjoyed mo- most of the the times that he was on screen and interacting with the rest of the crew for me i was i was more attached to trip so yeah yeah i guess i guess it makes sense that you and i are doing a podcast together <laughs> yeah, yeah. loading hollow sweet preview program for there are four questions a star trek spotlight podcast that felt pretty cool and that's when I, I really really started connecting with star trek when i was actually here and on on the level of creator as opposed to fan so that was where i started getting it was like hey i could do this i remember writing <laughs> i sent this letter to him i wrote to um eric stillwell before i moved to, to los angeles and asked about the the rules for submitting the script and all that stuff and then i had this idea never heard back from him Loading Sweet preview program for Ladies Trek Library, women with a passion for Star Trek books. One of the reasons I was excited to read this book was because it's called Uhura's Song. And we don't get a lot of books where Uhura is a main character. Um, and she was my favorite character from the original series. So I was excited to see a book about her. And I, and I like how, and I was thinking about the, uh, the Broadway play Cats because they kind of used cat names that that reminded me of the names in this book so and and this book was written in 85 so it could have been inspired by cats in that way computer deactivate hollow suite